0: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we come across one of the most, I think, one of my favorite Bible passages, one of the, fa- one of the, the, the most illustrious Bible passages in the Bible. The one that truly, 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 I think, shows God's mercy to us. Yeah? One that shows God's mercy to us, and how much it is that we need God. And how it is that sometimes what some of the greatest sins are that which we think we are self-sufficient, that which we think we don't need God, that which we think we're not much of a sinner, we're okay people, whatever it might be. We don't realize how much we need God until Jesus gives us the story. The story of the two debtors, the story of Jesus forgiving this woman who realizes that she has this need for Jesus. This gospel starts off with Luke kind of painting this picture in your head. And he paints it so well. Here is this Pharisee, who wants to invite Jesus. He wants to invite Jesus, and it's unknown as to why he wants to invite him. The Pharisees, if we remember, are always this group who are against Jesus, this group of Jews who are constantly against him, constantly trying to trap him. They're the religious movement of the time, and they're constantly trying to trick him to say, hey, hey, this guy's not a prophet, this guy's trying to change everything and throw it on its head. So here's Simon, this Pharisee, who invites Jesus could be he's trying to trap him. It could be that Simon is actually an admirer, a fan of Jesus. However, this is not likely because we see that he doesn't give Jesus what is due, the, the respect that is due to him. Generally, if you're going to invite a great rabbi, a great teacher to your home, you're going to want to do a few things to show that you respect this teacher. First and foremost, the, uh, the first thing that a Jew would do when they're respecting a rabbi is a kiss of peace a kiss of peace to show that there is that customary uh, uh, customary respect between it that hey I respect you as a teacher as a friend and so there would be that normal greeting but there was none given the second would have been that back in the day sandals were worn everywhere and there were no you know there were no streets like well maybe Mound Road is a little too dusty right now whatever it might be right well, if we see Mound Road, imagine all of Palestine kind of being this Mound Road, right? Imagine being as dusty as possible. And so the second thing that you would do for the guest is to wash their feet. That was not done here. The third thing would have been incense would have been burned. Or the head would have been anointed with oil. That was not done here either. And so we know Simon, we don't know quite why he invites Jesus. More than likely, it's that Simon is this well-known person in the community, and he wants to say, hey, listen, I invited Jesus to my house. He came over, he ate at my house. Here is this guy who, he's the talk of the town, Jesus Christ, and he came to my house to eat. He's a collector of celebrities. He wants to be famous in this way. Which maybe shows as to why it is that he gives, he invites Jesus, but doesn't show him the respect. He shows him semi-respect. He's not quite there yet. So here is Jesus. He's eating at the house of Simon the Pharisee. And what happens next shocks everyone who's there. There's a woman who walks in, and this woman is known as a public sinner. More than likely a woman of the streets, a prostitute. Here she is, she walks in, and everyone is just alarmed. They're amazed. What's going on? Here she is, she approaches Jesus, And she's crying, tears running down her face. And we know that she cares about no one else who's there. Well, how do we know this? Because it's told that her hair is loose. You see, when a Jewish girl gets married, generally they'll bind up their hair and their hair is no longer loose because a sign of loose hair shows a sign of disrespect, a sign of disrespect for herself, a sign of immodesty. She realizes she cares about nothing else but Jesus. Everyone else to her is nothing. Nothing. She goes to him, and she has nothing to offer him but this very expensive perfume. A very expensive perfume that would have cost a year's worth of money, years worth of wages. And she goes, she cries, and with her tears she wipes the feet of Jesus and she continues to kiss the feet of Jesus. And what is Simon the Pharisee's replying? This guy can't be a prophet. If he was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman it is who's t- touching him, who's cleaning his feet. My brothers and sisters, I want us to realize something. There's two different attitudes of the heart whenever it is that we approach Jesus, whenever it is that we approach the mercy of Jesus. Two different approaches. There's Simon the Pharisee, and there's, there's this woman, this woman who cleans the feet of Jesus. There is Simon the Pharisee who doesn't realize what it means to be forgiven. Who doesn't realize that he has sins in his heart. Who thinks of himself as an okay person, and I'll get by life, and in the eyes of everyone around, you know, I, I pay my temple tax, I, you know, it looks like I'm praying all the time, people respect me, and so therefore God would respect me as well. Not quite. He doesn't realize the sin that's in his heart. He doesn't realize his need for Jesus. And then we see the woman. The woman who knows, who cares about nothing else but her need for Jesus. No one else is around her when she goes there. She doesn't care how she'll be looked at. Because she realizes that all she needs in life is to be loved. All she needs in life is to be needed. And when you love Jesus Christ, when you have the mercy of Jesus Christ in your heart, you will be needed. That is the glory of love. To be needed. And Jesus offers that. And she realizes nothing else will give us that. Other than Jesus. This is a good reminder for us as we come, as we come halfway throughout the year, we finished Easter, we finished all these celebrations, right? And we're just trying to kind of dwell in the love and mercy of God. We just want to say, Jesus, how great is your mercy? How great is your love? Even though I don't deserve it, here it is that you give it. Whenever it is that we realize the mercy of God in confession, whenever it is that we realize the mercy of God in our daily lives, thank God for it. Thank God for it continually. And always, never stop praising the name of Jesus. The strange thing about a Christian is this, and I'll leave you with this thought. The strange thing about a Christian is this. That the more a Christian realizes that they are a sinner, the greater they are. It's only in realizing that we are sinners and that we are unworthy of Jesus is how we realize how great we are. St. Paul talks about this at length in First Timothy. The more in which we realize how much in which we need Jesus, the greater in which we are if we think we're doing all right in life and we're okay, and whatever it might be, and we're not really digging deep into our heart, we can only go so far. But if we realize each and every day that we need Jesus, that Jesus is the source, and the foundation of our life, and that while we don't deserve him, he still continues to give himself to us, it's then, it's then that we become great in the eyes of God. When we can look before him and say, Jesus, I don't, I don't deserve you, and yet you give yourself completely to me. Let's pray each and every day that we realize the need for Jesus. We realize the need for him in our life. We realize the need for his mercy. And then in return, we know that he will love us and that we can love him in return. Amen? Let us stand well with joy and gladness